You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's really late at night. It's our fourth podcast today, or fifth, I don't know. I think one didn't work, and I don't know. We were supposed to start this a long time ago. I'm very tired, but happy to be talking about the so interesting Chicago Bears. Yeah, the Bears, uh, the last of the four garbage teams uh, for us to discuss. Uh, You had them ranked 29th. I have them ranked 29th. Everybody has them ranked 29th. Uh, this is a team where uh, their head coach seems checked out, uh, but we got to check in and focus here because we have a uh, podcast favorite Ari Gleischer back on the podcast. So Ari, welcome back. Thanks for having me, despite it taking a long time. Um, I I thought I was like number one podcast person with you guys, but then I heard your one with Grashen, and apparently he's been around since like a fifty six k modem days or something. So I know I now I have an internal rivalry with him. You know, now that he started talking up Columbus, which is like a terrible city, I'm like. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't get a lot of Columbus support. To be fair, yeah, Other he got a lot of negative feedback to his Columbus support. Good, Columbus good. Support. He should have, should have. It's going to say that it's like cost. I mean, that's like literally a supply and demand thing. That means that demand demand is tiny. But oh, I digress. I digress. Yeah. Listen, Gresham, we we know why you live there. You have to live for medical reasons. All of us have uh, issues like that in our lives. But don't try. Yeah, anything. that's <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, it was half-hearted, so I feel okay with it. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if you can be more than half-hearted in your defense of these Chicago Bears. Uh, let's start with the good news. Uh, no more Jacob. I mean, you say good news. I actually was ready to just talk for like 40 minutes about how I thought he was actually going to surprise people with his like play-by-play or his color commentary. I thought he's actually a good color commentary guy that he'll be like Ryan Tannehill in Miami. I think he'll be like a easier version of that. Um, but it is good to be off of that train, I guess, even though I was a big and the last person off of that train. Um, I am really surprised. One of the things that now that Trubisky's actually been pretty good, um, during like the last two preseason games, Bear, Bears Twitter seems to want Glennon to be bad. It's so Trubisky, the weird. Okay, like, now I'm I'm really frustrated with Bears fans in general with the way that they've handled this Trubisky team from the start. Now you have to def- give us this as a fan base. I thought it was a dumb idea to go get Trubisky. When you guys did your little uh, the draft thing, I had three options as players, and none of them were Mitch Trubisky. It just seemed like it didn't really make sense. There was a you know there wasn't a lot known about him. He played one year of college, and then I was actually at 
our uh, baby Charlotte's two-week doctor appointment. And I got, I think, 86 text messages after. So I figured the Bears drafted him third. And then I found out they traded for him. And then I found out what they traded for him. Mm -hmm. Now, Chester, you just bought a house, right? Like, didn't you just buy a house, right, in Teaneck? Yeah. Yeah. So you bought a house. Yeah. Angle. Same, same you did, thing. No, in Angle, same but idea. Not You're a Jersey-like person. Anyway, so you bought a house. Yeah. yeah you yeah. bought, you bought you like, your yeah. big family house here. This is, like, your big yeah. thing. So I understand why you would get excited and you'd, like, want to – It's forever. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean? Like, you get excited when you buy your, like, big family house. You want to, like, buy something. You want it to be nice. But at the same time, the Bears did that with their quarterback. The quarterback's sort of the same analogy. And they – Way overpaid. They way overpaid, but they also were doing the thing that like dumb people do to try to be smart. Would you say they bought a house for me? It's one of these things where the bear, the Bears basically did yeah. the thing where you try to be smart, you try to outsmart everyone. They tried to show that they weren't interested, but the only reason why you do that is so that you don't have to overpay. Like they didn't show any of their cards and then wildly overpaid. So it was frustrating as the Bears fan to watch them just insanely overpay. And then read. I don't know if you guys saw. There was like a Monday morning quarterback where they found uh, uh, John Lynch, and they're following his draft process. And the Niners like didn't even know what to do with themselves with like the Bears' desperation, and they had no idea what their angle was. And it's like they surprised the Bears surprised the Niners with their angle that they were getting Trubisky. But like, who cares? They way overpaid. They're like, oh, why don't we throw in a round pick? And they're like, fine, okay. Yeah, they weren't they, taking Trubisky, were and there was no one else who was. And the they Bears had the next pick, and they they just were the worst negotiators. So that's the first thing. They needed, like, a lot of – yeah, or you do nothing, and you hope that he's going to fall for you, fall to you, and you just assume that. And instead, they didn't do that. They just they, – they desperately jumped at him. So then you're thinking, okay, well, we really, like, whatever. That's the quarterback that you want. Like, you're desperate. You need to get a guy. Like, this is your quarterback. This is, like, your home in that analogy. Fine. So your second-round pick, maybe you want to trade down so that you can get more picks. Maybe you get, like, some need positions. Instead, with your second-round pick, now, remember, the Bears have been terrible for the last few years. They haven't made the playoffs since I moved here, and that was five years ago. They made one playoff the last decade. They go with their second-round pick, one of those, like, basketball-playing tight ends, Adam Shaheen, which is, like, a cool thing to do if you're, like, close to title, but not a cool thing when you have a million needs. Like, it's just a nice little, like, gimme pick. It's not a pick that you need when you need to, like, restock your roster, especially when you don't have a third-round pick. Then their next pick, which is in the fourth round, they take a backup running back. Now, if you play fantasy, which if you're listening to football, you obviously play fantasy, the Bears have a running back. That's not a need. They got like a backup running back when they have multiple running backs and even decent backups. It made it honestly made no sense. And so you watch all those picks and you watch from the way that their decision-making process has gone. It makes you assume that Trubisky's been bad. Mitch Trubisky was booed at the United Center when they showed him on the screen afterwards. Now, to me, this makes no sense because all my life, the Bears have never picked a quarterback, like have gotten like a number two in the draft quarterback. I mean, there's no reason to think he's going to be any good, but there's no reason to think there's, that he's going to be bad. Like, Kay McNown was like six, was 13th, 16th. They traded down to get him. So they got him as a teens, and people were so excited about McNown. 
people were so down on Trubisky, but like, I know that like, like based on their decision process and based on other things, like, it's just like, you have no reason to believe that he's good, but like the whole point of being a fan, especially if you have a terrible team is to like, have something to root for, have some hope. Like, the one of the things that's kind of cool about having the number two pick in the draft be a quarterback is sort of the hope factor. So it's weird that Bears fans are just sort of like have no hope or they hadn't. They didn't have. He was like good and okay against like third stringers in, in preseason and people are like starting to get all in, which is good. I feel like that's where people should be with it. There should be some sort of hope. Even, like, you don't have to just say, well, the Bears made some really lousy decisions. He's probably going to be bad. It's like, okay, maybe he is going to be bad. But we don't know he's going to be bad. And some of the reasons that people say he's going to be bad are, like, sort of like, you know, the scouts from, uh, what's that, from, like, Moneyball? Like, sort of those sort of reasons, like, oh, well, the quarterback or the coach there didn't want to have him start until he was, like, a junior. It's like, okay, well, a lot of coaches are terrible. Like, that doesn't mean that he's going to be awful. Yeah, no, he couldn't beat out some, like, non-NFL prospects there. Yeah, but... I I mean, neither, I mean Tom Brady couldn't beat out Drew Henson either. Exactly. I, I can't, you know, you don't trust all these guys. I, I don't think that they're necessarily barometers of things. But there is something that I don't like that I heard in the broadcast preseason game, which is that he decided that he wants to be called Mitchell Trubisky, not Mitch Trubisky. And... It's funny because it reminded me of Chester. So when I knew Chester, yeah. about nine months into our relationship of me calling him Chester, he told me that he does not like being called Chester and he prefers to be called Alex. And that pissed me off, by the way. Yeah, because it runs molester and Mitch runs with I, I mean, honestly, you know I had that. not even uh, right? thought of that with Chester. Is that really the case? That's why he did it. Yeah, of course. Well, we'll say that. Honestly, this is the first I'm hearing it. This is the first I'm hearing we're a decade in. Alex, you here? We said that you want, didn't want to be called Chester because Chester runs with molester. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, okay, yeah, that didn't sound that didn't sound like you. And he didn't want to be called Mitch because people were calling him Mitch the bitch. I'll bet that's and true. And now, in part of my take, they call him they call him Mitchell the bitchel. On part of my takes, so. <laughs> I like it. But that reminded me of that original. First off, if you're the number two, you got to say that before you're drafted. You can't say that like later on. And also, like, who the hell are you? You don't want to like just come on. So I don't like that. Obviously, that's not really important. But, like, might as well have some hope. Um, the other thing I think of when I see this team is um, with Mike Lennon. Um, I saw him play one game once, and he was good. But, I mean, he really reminds me an old-school pre-Cutler Bears. He's not really mobile. He's kind of big. He's not very good, but he's not very terrible. Um, in preseason, though, he has been very terrible. He reminds me of like a cross between Eric Kramer and Jim Miller, and maybe a little touch of Shane Matthew thrown in there. Uh, and this team overall reminds me of some of those like '90s Bears teams, um, even some of the decent ones, um, because of some of the things they can and cannot do. Um, so, when I think of this Bears team, they actually remind me of the '94 team, which um, actually made the playoffs have a really good front seven and they have a really good inside offensive line and they have good running backs um but in like 1994 you could actually feel the winning team doing that or at least an eight and eight team doing that or a nine and seven team but like their secondary has no depth whatsoever and that doesn't really work now like it's a concern 
right? Like, I feel like you can't win with just a good front seven. And the front seven, by the way, is actually good. They're fast. Leonard Floyd is going to be a monster this year. Um, their other linebackers are all quick. Um, Danny Trevathan is back. Willie Young is back. Pernell McPhee will be back. Jarrell Freeman's good. Um, and they're deep in the and they can rotate a bunch of guys. They have a lot of depth in there. And since like often the defensive linemen sort of die like all the time in football, um, I feel like having depth is important. So they can stop the run and run the ball, which were like old school football stuff. But like their best wideout is Cameron Meredith, Victor Cruz. I don't know. Kevin White, who was their number one pick a few years ago, who keeps breaking his legs. Yeah, he's still a first round pick. Do you know? Do you know that they had there was a there was a one of those like preseason updates that you know is a problem. They were showing him the the wide receiver coaches were showing him college films of himself so that he can gain confidence and remember that he was good at football. Oh, yeah, no, I, that's not good. I, I feel like he's on his way out of the league, unfortunately. Even though when he was drafted, I I like was so high on him. Yeah. Yeah, I he's mean, really high, right? He's picked like seventh or eighth. He was picked seventh, and it was a sh- one of the Chicago drafts. So, like, it's like, oh, we got a wideout. We got another wideout. Is huge, and then it's like, oh no, he's gone. The guy can't run a route, so that's a problem. And that's bad, right? Well, I don't think that's good. And when you break your leg a few times, I feel like that's also bad. He's played like three games, and he's looked horrible in all three of them. So the, the receiving core is really I know people are very high on Cam Meredith, but like it's really a mishmash of like old guys who used to be good and young guys. people are high on him in terms of like, well, somebody's got to catch balls sure. yeah. on this team. So for a fantasy perspective, but he's not good. Is Victor Cruz going to make the team? Victor Cruz will make the team. And it'll be funny because he's going to get it. He's going to have to, somebody has to get a touchdown on this team. He's going to get touchdowns. He's going to be shimmying. He did that in the preseason. He caught a touchdown pass. He was doing a little like the Victor Cruz, like shimmy. And it's like, oh, right. But he's like bad at football now. So it's like really funny that he's like, oh, he's got a signature dance, but he's like a third wideout on a team that like doesn't feel to one NFL wideout. Oh, yeah. The one thing I see, and we saw it like you see it in Hard Knocks with Deshaun Jackson also, although Deshaun Jackson did have a thousand yards last year. Players who used to be very good are five years behind on finding out that they're not good anymore. No, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. Like in Victor Cruz's mind, he's still Victor Cruz. He's just, like, been given a couple bad balls. I mean, he but. dances just as well Cruz did in, like, 2011. And that's about the only thing that's similar with him. And what about Marcus Wheaton, the only guy, like, who really, like, the only receiver of the last eight years that didn't work out for the Steelers? Yeah, yeah. The Bears team will be able to turn it around. I mean, they have a, they don't have any wideouts who can separate themselves at all. And mm-hmm. and yeah. the thing is, so you're saying they shouldn't play Trubisky because that's I mean that's a problem. If you don't have wideouts who can get open, don't play a rookie. Well, they they did the thing where they said he's not playing at all in 2017, which by the way is nonsense because one of the reasons why you draft a quarterback in the first round is you have. The running clock, like your way to win a Super Bowl, the best way to win a Super Bowl is you have a rookie scale contract quarterback who ends up being good and you spend that money instead of spending an average of like 17 to 20 million dollars on a quarterback, you're spending like five million dollars. And so, or I mean, less if you have a later pick, but with the first rounders, you get that extra year, you get that fifth year. So you like, you almost have to play rookie quarterbacks, whether they're good or not, because you need to get them the experience, you need to get them the point where by year three, they're very good. Like if you draft a top five pick as a quarterback, they need to be very good by year three. 
they can't be spending that time like wasted. Now I know Aaron Rodgers to me ended up really good, but that's the exception. Usually you just got to play them. And the way the Bears' schedule works out this year, it would have been impossible to not play them because they start off with a really tough schedule, and their fourth game is at Green Bay on a Thursday night, which means that there's a 100% chance that Mitch Trubisky is starting the fifth game like 10 days later. So no matter what happens in those games, unless they go 2-2, two and two, they almost are going to have to start Trubisky. They're not going to, like, what's the point of starting Glennon on like a 1-3 and three team? There's been, like, all this talk today, even, that it's like, oh, well, they promised Glenn in the starting job. First off, what quarterback believes that? The only thing they can promise $14 million. They can't promise him a starting job. Like that's- No, I believe that the same team that moved so many picks to move up from three to two promised him his agent, and his agent will lose his mind if they don't give him the starting Yeah, job. but who cares? They gave him $14 million. Right, but he doesn't have to keep him week five. Yeah, he, has it. he can have it, and he couldn't have looked worse in the first two preseason games, which is like, that's on him. If you know that there's this rookie quarterback coming, and you third team snaps, you got to show up for these preseason games. Yeah, you got to cuck them. You got, and, and, that's, and that's like, I mean, yeah. you, how do you not understand that if you're, if you're Glennon? I don't know. But, I, I mean, I don't know. At the same time, it's like they can run the ball, and they, and they can't. And they have one of their interesting guys who's looked really good in the preseason is their first-round pick was Eddie Jackson. He's a safety, the free safety, out of Alabama, and he broke his leg sometime in October, which, again, as a draft pick, probably not the right move, but he's looked awesome. And apparently he's looked at, based on Twitter, not that I go to practices, but based on Twitter, he looks awesome. And then the two preseason guys looked awesome. Um so if they could add some sort of competence out there, and they have a few guys who have played in the NFL in the secondary, which is new for them. Like they've had Quinton Demps, they have Prince, they have Marcus Cooper. They have a few guys who have played, but they don't have any depth out there. And it's like, it's very clear. Like when I first did this podcast like two years ago, I feel like I just starting 11 were on, on offense and defense, mm-hmm. but it's like you can't do that because by week three, everyone's done. You have to look at who are like the backups and the backups and the backups because those guys are going to be playing like most of the season because football is like. Mm, when you're a Bears fan, for sure. Oh, uh, I mean, I think it probably applies to every team at this point. I mean, based on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have to look at the whole picture and it's like, oh, if semi competent backups, and you can assume that that position is going to be okay, assuming that you, your quarterback stays healthy. I mean, your quarterback is really the one position you could sort of rely on. Um, and. They just have no depth out there, and I don't understand. And they play like Atlanta, they play twice. They play, they play teams that can burn them on the outside, and I think that's going to be a problem. Um, but they can get to the quarterback, and they, and they can run the ball. But, again, that used to be a win. By the way, 1994, the last time the Bears have even been in a wildcard game because every other time they've made the playoffs, they've gotten the bye, and they played the Minnesota Vikings, and they won with Raymond Harris, the ultraback. I was at that game. It was uh, Steve Walsh from St. Paul was the quarterback. I was at that game. Steve Walsh could not throw the ball more than seven yards. Um, only playoff game I've ever been to. I've also only been to one, but that's because the Jets have only hosted two since the last 30 years. Uh, it was a thriller, the 9-7 and seven Bears against the 9-7 and seven Vikings. All right, you ready for the roster game, Ari? Pick a number between 0 and 100. I got to pick 23, represent Chicago. Give a little Jordan shout-out. 23. Tell me everything you know about Tom Compton. Well, I know it's uh, considered a dangerous neighborhood in L.A. Tom Compton? I don't know. Um, let's put it this way. I just Wikipedia'd him, and he's wearing all 
It looks like Giants gear. Yeah, well, he's, he's a backup offensive tackle. Supposed to make your team. It looks. He's a backup offensive. Oh, and he's from Minneapolis. Mm. So six five three thirteen. He played for the Falcons. Apparently. Did you cheat at the? Did you cheat in the roster game? By the way, you're not supposed to Google the guy. I, I'm not supposed to Google him. Well, then he's someone who's going to end up playing when a bunch of players are injured, and when he does, um, Glennon or Trubisky is going to get hurt. Um, that's what I would say about him. No. I don't know anything about Tom Compton. I feel comfortable not knowing anything about Tom Compton. Chester, what's the over under for the 2017 Chicago Bears? I think it's five and a half. The over-under for this team is five and a half. Yeah, it's a little high to me, but, you know, it's rare that a team goes under five. Uh, you know, the, the Jets have found a way this year, obviously, uh, to start at three and a half, which is incredible. So are you going over under five and a half? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say they end up going under. They're going to get five wins. But I think that they're, I think they're five wins, but they win most of them at the end of the year. Maybe they get to six. They're, I mean, five and a half is a good number because their schedule gets easier later. And I think the weird thing that's going to happen with this team is that they're going to be one of these like weird, awkward trending teams next year. Because I look at what Trubisky's going to be facing at the end. He gets two Detroit games. He gets at Philly. He gets San Francisco. He gets Flint at home. He gets at Minnesota in a game that either they're going to not care about because they're in the playoffs or not care about because they're not in the playoffs. Um, I, I, I look at it and I see the Bears maybe going 6. If the Bears go 6-10, and 10, then everyone's going to be like, watch out for the Bears like next year, and they're going to be terrible next year. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this. Let's put it this way. Um, one of my friends is getting married on Super Bowl weekend, and I am going to fly out that night. So I'm not worried about a Bears Super Bowl birth. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, you definitely should not be worried about that. I don't know. Uh, Chester, you're going over under. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go under. I'm giving them four wins. Yeah, I'm going to say 5-11. and 11. I'm going under. Not one of my best bets, but I think... Um... Well, let me just say that they ended the season. Now, I really think they're going to get to the quarterback. They start off horribly. Atlanta, at Tampa, Pittsburgh, yeah, at Green Bay. Literally, the only thing you could do is rush the passer. Run the ball and stop the run. That's all they can do. Yeah, well, running the ball running the ball and stopping the run, like, you know, there's, there are teams that draft first that can run the ball. Look, if they, if they went back in time to, like, the 1990s, they would be 7-9, and nine, which is not great. No. But I like the end of the year when they got Detroit at Philly, San Francisco. Like, that's a stretch there where they could put something together. I could see them winning three in a row and still winning only five games. All right, Ari. Uh, Chester, we have anything else for Ari? I, I like when Ari comes on because we don't have to ask too many questions. He gives one long <laughs> monologue answer, which is good. I'm, I'm all business. You, you, give, you give him the ball, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you ride him. I, I, you know, it's enjoyable. Get out the way. We talked on the Bucks podcast about how bad uh, the Bucks were in the 90s in that division where, you know, you'd have four teams that were competing for the playoffs every year. And there was a couple times, actually, where all four teams made the playoffs. You'd have the Bucks as a garbage team. It's great to have a garbage team in your division. Um, that's how I feel about the Bears this year. Except I know for yeah. certain that the Vikings are going to... I am the garbage team in my division, usually. Yeah, but the Vikings are going to have a game they need to win in Chicago uh, to make the playoffs, and they're going to lose it. I know that's going to happen. So, Wait, the truth is we should, we, should, we should discuss one more thing with Ari. Yeah. Yes. Fox is 9-23 and as the Bears coach. What does he need to do to keep the job? He's not keeping the job. Spoiler alert. Hold on. Does Fox care? Fox seems like he's trying to get fired. Oh, yeah, for sure. It does seem like one of these moves where 
they got excited that he became available. But if you go back in time, the guy who they were interviewing for that job was Gase, who's now coaching in Miami. Yeah, one of the best coaches in the league. And it would have been better if he wasn't. It would have been better if Fox wasn't available because they would have taken Gase, who is good. I, why would Fox care? Honestly, they've been giving him this rebuild. There's been a three-year rebuild of his. And Trubisky was against his will, right? He said no to Trubisky, and they picked him anyway. So he knows he doesn't have the power. Anymore. He doesn't. There's been a complete disconnect between the general manager and the and Fox this entire time. You know what usually smooths that over? Losing a lot generally smooths <laughs> over disconnects on football teams. Yeah, and also Fangio, um, the defensive coordinator, who's actually very good, and Fox yeah. don't get along either. Yeah, he's in cranky. Fox is in cranky old man mode. That third job almost always a disaster. Let's let's put it this way. You know what a good bet would be? I, I like, what are the odds on Fox being the first coach fired? Could I see a, a situation where Fox doesn't make it out? Yeah, he's up there. I think he's second the ball in the odds. If they get in their first four games and they get blown out at Green Bay on Thursday night, what are the odds that Fox is coaching that Minnesota game at home Monday night? Trub- oh, that's the game, Chester. October 9th, uh, Trubisky's first game. Monday night, Minnesota in Chicago. You guys have no chance in that game. <laughs> We're in five games, and that's one of them. Mark it down. Mark it down. Get that and parlay it with Fox getting fired. Ugh. Hate this team. Hate this team. All right, but we love Ari Gleiter. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. We will not speak to you uh, when we talk to the playoff teams, but we'll speak to you again hopefully in 2018. Uh, and thanks for not making us do too much work tonight. <laughs> All right, I do what I can. Do you have any plugs, Ari? Not yet. Right, I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug. Yeah, he's he's coming to Teaneck Labor Day weekend. I saw that in the chat. I'll, I'll be I'll be in Teaneck Labor Day weekend. I will plug. Big shout out to my cousin Michael Sphere Robinson. He's getting married Labor Day weekend. He actually listens to this podcast. And big shout out to. Yeah, he actually asked us. Hold on, he asked us a couple years ago. Uh, he said we should give like uh, dating advice on the podcast. So I feel like we get partial credit for his marriage. <laughs> oh, really? Did you give dating advice that any use? Because that would be what applied. So big shout, <laughs> big shout, big shout to Michael. Big shout to Christine and Friday dropping stuff on that uh, on that board on the on the Facebook messaging. They're they're all over the AFC East. At Ari Gleischer on on Twitter, right? And then at Pick'em NFL. Or at, at Ari Gleischer. If people tweet at me, I will tweet back and start using Twitter as a, like, as said, like, not just for my own news and sadness. So you're threatening people that, like, <laughs> if they if they follow you, you'll give them the, the good stuff. I'll give them the goods. I think he said that a couple of years ago also. Well, I don't really know nobody fan. 140 characters doesn't work for me. I think you should know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we now we can tell. We can tell. All right, all right. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, thanks for making this West Coast time. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll see you. All right.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.